Kayla left well, a major cliffhanger when she came back. She did. And then we've had other things that we yeah. were ready to talk about. And Kayla wasn't quite ready to talk about what she went through when she was recovering from her surgery. But well, we thought it was just going to be a surgery recovery. Yeah. yeah. We thought it was going to be a pretty unspectacular six-week period. Yeah. We so were wrong. We're, you're ready, right? <laughs> I'm ready. You know, I've had a lot of time to kind of heal from the situation and get some clarity and kind of build a community of support as uh, we process. We're still processing what happened, but... Um, I still can barely believe I know. it. Uh, wait, 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 wait. But tell, say the things we have to say first. We're just going to make everyone wait a couple more minutes. We're going to, okay. 30 first, more seconds. Let's roll our intro clip. <laughs> let's roll our intro. We are wives, entrepreneurs, entertainers, executives, and at the end of the day, we are all moms, all at the same time and never in the same order. <laughs> this is Hi, My Name is Mom, a podcast about motherhood. Here are your hosts, Jen, Corey, and Kayla. <laughs> you put me on the spot. But that was funny, actually. Well, here, you do it, Jen. You do the things. You I'll do, do the things. things. You do the, I'll do the things. You do the things. Guys, welcome back. You all know. Follow us <laughs> wherever you get your podcast. And hi, my name is Mom Official on Instagram and Facebook. And also on YouTube.com slash hi, my name is Mom, where you can see the story unfold. See the story. What else? Yeah. What other things well, do we have? Well, I'm glad you're doing this because I have no, like, I've been bumbling through just trying to say a sentence today. Well, yeah. let me, let me start over then. No, you did great. <laughs> you did great. All right. Let's get into this because I'm ready to go. Good. Do it. Okay. So beginning of this year, Jonathan and I were contacted through Facebook. We have decided um, the past six months that, you know, we want to adopt. We're ready to open our family. We're ready to expand our family and open our doors and hearts to a child that's not biologically ours, which was a decision that we didn't come to lightly because I know we've talked about it for years and it was something that we never really had to truly face and hash out. But this situation, this girl reached out to us out of the blue, very unprompted, and it made us have these really hard conversations if we were going to adopt or not. And, and we decided, yeah, this is a path that our family really wants to go down. And we prayed about it and had a lot of just clarity and love throughout this situation. So we were contacted through Facebook. A girl saw a comment that I made on a Facebook group. Another birth mom had a question about adopting and what expectant parents might have opinion-wise on her situation. And reading this other girl's situation, I had no interest in reaching out to this girl to adopt her baby because it just, the situation didn't make sense for us. But I responded to that in a comment as family that's hoping to adopt. I just gave her advice. And um, so we're just going to call this this girl that reached out to us. We're going to call her Jennifer. That's not her real name. I'm not going to say her real name. It's a good code um, name. But it's, we'll, we'll call her Jennifer. It's not this Jennifer. It's not this Jennifer. Um, and Jennifer reached out and said, hey, I saw that you commented on this girl's post and that um." Actually, you know what? I'm just going to pull it up and let it. I'll just, yeah, I'll just read it because I feel like that's the best way to, let me find out. Yeah, give me a second. Initially, when this was happening too, I think it was feeling sort of meant to be. It did Where feel you that just way. started having this thought and, you know, then this situation presented itself. And so there was a lot of. You wanted another oh, little girl. Yeah. This woman was having a little girl, you know, this summer. It did, it did feel, felt right. Yeah. Okay, so I'm sorry. 
Take okay. me a minute. It's the magic of editing. I have so many. I know, right? So many. <laughs> Look at all these baby mom pictures. Mm. So many pictures. I'm just going to go to the first message. I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm going to have you read the first message. I'll be Jennifer. You're Jennifer. Okay. <laughs> Jen is Jennifer. There, there is so oh, no. much conversation to go through. And this is just on Messenger. I this isn't how much you're scrolling right now. This mm. isn't the thousands of text. No, I've only seen the text. These are you Facebook messages. These are fa- this okay. is a novel. Okay. All right. Here. Okay. All right, here we go. This is the first message. Okay, the first message says, Hi, I'm really sorry for reaching out so randomly. I am on the Nashville Girls page and was reading through a post of a girl who was considering adoption or parenting. And I read through the comments because I am also in a similar situation. Not exactly hers to a T, but similar in trying to decide. I saw your comment where you were looking to grow your family and wanted to reach out and see if you still were. I'm not really sure how to ask. And feel like it's not my place to ask, but I'm honestly glad someone put that question out there because it helps me process reading others' content. Um, and then I feel like I responded. You, you can, you can read it. Do you want to keep reading it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just so people understand the beginning. Okay. okay so the genesis of this is that she reached out. To she me reaches completely out completely unprompted, and so Kayla responds and she says, "Hi, Jennifer." Thank you for reaching out. Yes, my family is looking to adopt. However, due to the sensitive and delicate nature, I don't necessarily advertise or boldly announce it because I think if when it happens, it needs to be an organic, genuine connection between my family and a birth mother. I'm always open to any conversation, just never want to overstep or overreach. We have one miracle daughter. She's two and have had seven losses. Unfortunately, I don't think my body can carry again, but we are longing for a bigger family. We have a nursery room waiting, just allowing God to put the pieces together. Happy to chat. If you need a listening ear, you are brave for embracing these tough conversations. That seems like an incredible, yeah. mature reaction to her Well, her I will message. say in the adoption world, um, the adoption world is very predatory to birth mothers. There's a lot of expectant parents that are so desperate that they can come across a little bit like as vultures mm, to birth moms. I can imagine. And I say that being an expectant parent because it's really easy to be like, oh, give me your baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want to do? I'll take it. And I think that's so aggressive sometimes to birth mothers that are going through this and trying to make this really hard decision that they're choosing life and they want a better life for their baby than they can provide. And so that is such a brave decision. The last thing they want is to feel like, you know, somebody else's desperate part of their life is just trying to swoop in. Mm-hmm. And so I I really think it's important to be so delicate in every situation because they're already choosing love for their right. baby, right? Yeah. And so for me, it's like any birth mother I ever talk to, I just want to be a safe place. I'm not, there's never a point with any conversation and with any birth mother that I'm like, yes, we'll take your baby because it has to be something like, are we the family that you see raising your biological child? Are you know, it, and is is this situation going to make sense for everyone? I never think it's like, yes, yes. And also like, like post-birth expectations. Yes, I mean, there's so want, many different kinds not, of adoptions. There, yes. And so that that is, that was the beginning of this conversation. And Jennifer, I mean, you, you guys can see I was scrolling well, through thousands of messages. Well, I'm going to say I read, Kayla was... But, you know, post-op, you weren't moving. You were in bed. Yeah. So I would and go over. And even before that, you It was before messages. that, yeah. Yeah. She would get, I mean, hundreds of messages a day. It wasn't even, it wasn't just, it was hours. And I remember yeah. at one point, Jonathan was like, Kayla, 
you're spending a lot of time on this. Let's like make, you know, like yeah, let's, let's like stay healthy. make and sure it's a healthy and- situation. So what happened? How did it go from, oh, this is, this is, you know, maybe someone that we should continue talking to. Like what happened next? Okay. So we met with her in person. Um, so next we wanted to meet her in person because we were talking for a little over a week and it was hours a day mm-hmm. of, of talking and figuring out, you know, if we were going to be a good birth match. Um, she was considering abortion and she was going to get an abortion on a Monday and she asked to meet with us on a Thursday. And so, um, wow, what pressure. Yeah. The overall conversation kind of went, you know, if I don't find someone to adopt my baby, I'm going to get an abortion on Monday. And John and I hadn't even had the chance to be like, okay, is this what our family, like, is, is this going to happen? Are we going to have this baby? Are we going to open our home? And so we met with her, had a great feeling. She was she presented well. She presented so well. We met with her at her church. We wanted a neutral location um, that Sorry. no one was that no one was at, and that there would be no weird transactional things with like buying coffee or dinner. Like we just wanted to eliminate that. No one else was there, so we had the building to ourselves to meet with her, and we talked a little over two hours. Got to hear her story, how it happened. She told us it was non consensual conception, and you know we just let her know that that baby still deserves love if that's what she's going to choose. But most importantly, we just let her know that we supported her in whatever decision. And we wanted her to feel supported and loved because with what she was telling us, my heart just it felt like a traumatic yeah. start. And I, I mean, I don't share this openly, but um, I know we've all talked about this, but you know, when I was 19, I was raped. And so I immediately just wanted to hug her because I was like, if this is what you were going through. So anyways, I was just trying to have nothing but empathy in a very troubling time for this young mom. And you did. I and saw those those texts you sent her. You were such Considering a the position system. you were in and what you've been through in your fertility journey, yeah. you were doing nothing other than supporting this girl. Like yeah. it really, truly, as and your friend, I was just like, Wow. And I don't even like, and I'll be honest, I don't even agree with those decisions. And But at that point I was like, I, I didn't put any of my personal beliefs yeah. or anything. I was yeah. just like, just let me support you and love you. Yep. And whatever that's going to look like, you reached out to me. God used me to be like a light and some type of vessel of support for her. And so we met her in person and we had the conversation over the weekend. We had constant communication with her over the weekend and she showed up at our church on Sunday and went to church with us. So we talked to her for a few hours after, and she told us she still hadn't made up her mind that she still might be going and getting an abortion on that Monday. And, you know, it was the same thing. We just were supportive and just said, you know, even if you need a cup of coffee next week, you have support to get through this. And um, I know after she left church, like I just broke down because there was a little part of me that felt like, oh my gosh, I couldn't save any of my babies. Like, uh, how can I save this baby? Yeah. And a few hours after after that, on that Sunday, she called us and said, I would love for you guys to adopt my baby. And um, whatever needs to happen, like I'm on board. And so that whole next week we met with lawyers. We got a lot of details hashed out and I was in constant communication with her. So there was a lot of messiness in her story. And because I felt like I was in a really healthy headspace throughout this whole thing, not once do I feel like I was in the headspace of like 
desperation or or wanting to see the situation as something it wasn't. I feel like I was constantly seeking counsel from friends and others to be like, okay, am I being smart about this? Am I like, and so I, I, yeah, I just feel like I was just trying to make sure that we were doing our due diligence with everything, um, to listen to her and to support her and be there for her. But also there was so much messiness that it was, it was a really hard week that first week of the things. I mean, she would tell me, I climbed the roof. I climbed my roof and fell off. Should I go to the doctor? I was riding. I was at the stables. I was horseback riding and I got bucked off a horse. And like, I just not, I can't eat. I haven't I can't eat. I'm scared to get fat. It was almost like she was telling you all these horrible things that were happening to her. For some reason, either they were happening or they weren't happening. So. I honestly was chalking it up to, did she go get an abortion and and not want to tell us she had an abortion? So she's telling me she's doing all these risky things to say that it was a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I was putting in my heart. And so I told myself the whole time, I'm going to help this girl get through her pregnancy. If we get a baby at the end of it, great. That's such a but, positive yeah. and healthy outlook, but really difficult. But I was like, she is obviously struggling and she was crazy. Um, and I and I don't I don't say that lightly. I I really mean like there was a there was some very unhealthy things going on and the amount of attention she required from me was a lot but in my mind I was like okay if I'm like if I can help this girl have a healthy pregnancy I'm gonna do that how many weeks was she when this all started how many weeks pregnant was she uh 12 weeks okay and she was previously talking to another family and she told us that they pulled out of the adoption because they weren't comfortable with a non-consensual conception and with the genetics of mm-hmm. the baby, which that was kind of a red flag because she was like, oh, they were Christian and they they basically didn't want the baby's dad to be a rapist. And I, and I hate saying those trigger words, but for me, that didn't add up because most people going into adoptions know that it's not these it's like- It's probably not ideal circumstances. You don't, it's not like the 50s where it's like you're going to adopt a 16-year-old baby and the parents are just like, oh, here. A like, 16-year-old's like, baby. Yeah, a 16-year-old's <laughs> baby. Yes, a 16-year-old baby. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm but, you know, like, really big. Because, like, the archaic ideology of adoption yeah. is a 15, is like the Juno story, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's so. That not is, the way it goes. Yeah, no. no. We were also giving this girl a lot of grace thinking, She's been through a lot. She's been through a lot. Mm-hmm. She's hormonal. She's yep. hormonal. She's things. pregnant. So you'd send Pregnancy me a text. Heart. Does this seem like, what do you think about this? And I'd I would be like, send you guys everything yeah. because I never yeah. wanted to react. Yeah. I, or I didn't want to. You were trying to, to be cautious. I was, well, yeah. You saw a bunch of red flags. And, and I think truthfully, your lawyer, the first thing he said, right, was like, you need proof of life. So you need to go with her to the doctor. Yeah. And there needs to be like a. But the caveat right. with that is, is I just had major ankle right. reconstruction. She couldn't get to the doctor. Right. So I'm like, I can't drive. I can't get out of bed. My foot was literally up with all these pens in it. How many times do you think you asked her to allow you to schedule her a doctor's appointment? Oh, at least 30. Yeah. And so you were going to go. And I was going to go. I was going to go sit in the waiting room. And then she backed out last yeah. minute because I said, I have a friend. Um, You'll love her. She'll be nothing but supportive. She'll sit in the, I, I told her, I was like, you can put a paper bag over her head so she doesn't, you don't even have <laughs> yeah. to like see her face. I was yeah. like, she will sit in the parking lot. She'll Draw sit in there. Draw an emoji. Yeah. And she was okay with that. And then the morning of, remember, she backed mm-hmm. out and was like, I yep. can't. And so the, I will say we weren't getting follow through on getting on the. Anything you'd ask her for, but it all seemed like. Her responses. She's 
I will say she's extremely intelligent. Yeah. Jennifer is extremely intelligent. Um, All she's Jennifers are extremely Well, obviously. <laughs> well, she's not really a Jennifer, so. Um, <laughs> um, she can't be. And so, yeah, we were going through this process. Um, and then we went to Florida to heal. And I was FaceTiming her pretty much on the weekly basis, multiple times, phone calls daily, hundreds of text messages, just nonstop. And so there was so much communication and I was trying to lay a foundation of comfort for her. And so I'm trying to be relatable and sending her family pictures, just kind of like inviting her into to our start world. visualizing her unborn child in your family. Yeah, but also, and I know you guys have read all the conversations, I had definitely like three foot barrier up at all Mm -hmm. time. Like she asked several times to come over to our house. She asked to play with Loxley. She was like, I'll jump on the trampoline with Loxley. I'm like, you're pregnant. You're not jumping on the trampoline. (laughs) But I never, I tried to keep that space because, you know, we are talking so much. You need to find a person to talk to Mm -hmm. because once the baby gets here, there will be boundaries set that we need to go see a therapist and work through what this the rest of the pregnancy will look like. So that was actually going to be my next question. As you started to get to know her a little better, what were the things that you were saying to her that would have to change after the baby is born? Because I know you had had really like talked to your attorney and you'd sort of talked, you know, intimately with friends and family about what you wanted an adoption to look like. Yeah. What did you decided you wanted this adoption to look like? That was something that we were still discussing because I wanted it to be whatever was healthiest for the baby. And that's why I really wanted a licensed and trained therapist to come in or mm-hmm. psychologist to come in and kind of tell us what they thought the the healthiest route would be for the baby based on how Jennifer was in a mental state afterwards and if it was safe for her to be around the baby and if it was safe for her to remain in our in our life. And just because... I know that in order for, I feel, any baby to have a successful new beginning, there needs to be some healthy boundaries in the set that, like, we're your parents, um, this is your biological mom, and I am your mom. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we were navigating that. I mean, selfishly, I would want to close adoption and be like, doors closed. Mm-hmm. But if that's not the best for the baby, it's not about me. It's yeah. not about what I want. And that was my mindset the whole time. And honestly, for the mental health of the birth mom, I also didn't want this traumatic, here you go, here's my baby. I got so close with you. You were with me one of the hardest times of my life. And now just the door shut. So that's something that I don't think we really had nailed out. I really wanted professional help to find the best avenues to deal with that just so that everyone was set up for success mentally just to move forward in a positive way. So that wasn't really hashed out, but I was telling her, I felt like as much as she was contacting me, that it was a little unhealthy Mm -hmm. and that there needed to be some boundaries set. And so that's kind of what we were navigating. But at the same time, I knew how troubled she was and I didn't want to close those doors. I mean, she, (laughs) she told us the first time we met with her, she told us that she just bought a $3.4 million house mm. in the governor's club in cash. And she was sending us pictures saying she was renovating it and telling us that she was a business owner. But then she said she was a nurse at a local hospital. And I was like, us. Maybe she comes from a wealthy family. We didn't well, so know. Here's we were the like, thing. really. I ran a background check. Yeah. I ran a background check on her, yep. I ran a background check on her parents, mm-hmm. her siblings, everybody else. 
And so how I knew she was lying about how much money she had, which was completely irrelevant because she never asked for a penny from Mm us. But I knew she was lying about being so wealthy because she would say that she had all this real estate. And so I I looked, I did a background check on her and her family because I was like, oh, maybe it's daddy's money. Maybe it's, you know, family money. And I mean, I was able to find what type of vehicles everyone in her family drove and what their real estate, what their whole like. And I hated that I had to do that. But our lawyer highly suggested that. And I was like, okay, so she's lying about money. No big deal. She's in her 20s, scared, not fit to be a a mom, lying about money. I don't care. I just want you you to have a healthy pregnancy. And so I kind of chalked all that up as she's not fit to be a mom. She's trying to make a good decision. I'm going to deal with the crazy and just kind of (laughs) like, you know, just try to be a vessel of support. So how many weeks in are you at this point to these conversations? We're about a month in. And so she's like 16 weeks. Yes. And she still hasn't gone back to the doctor. No. And so, but she, she'd been to the ER twice because one time she said she fell off a roof. The other time she said, um, she had, she would send me pictures of like, I have 104 fever. Is that dangerous for the baby? I'm like, you're a nurse. Yes. That's dangerous. And you saw my, like, I was very like, she would text me, everyone thinks I'm the healthiest person. And I'm like, well, you're climbing roofs, riding horseback. You never eat and you don't drink water. So <laughs> I, I'm like, I am. She did say that. I'm like, I can, because she would say, I hate water. Can you? I'm like, do you want, like, what do you want? So I was sending her supplements and gave her some juice plus vitamins. And I'm like, just. And during this time, yeah. I felt like she was, you were trying to be very cautious and she was sort of giving you whiplash because I would, we, we catch up more in doses and you and Jen see each other a lot more. And so you'd be like, so I might be adopting. And then they're like, so we met her. And if she doesn't have an An abortion, abortion. we're adopting. And then it's like, she didn't have the abortion. We're adopting. And then you're like, I'm not trusting her. We're, I'm not sure. And then you'd be like, no way, but this happened. So now I, so you were getting whiplash. It was total whiplash. And there was never a point that we weren't open. Our door was always open, Yeah, but we were just like, I've just learned that with my own journey Mm -hmm. to keep my own sanity until the baby's in your arms. You're never safe. Mm -hmm. And I just thought we've paid our dues. Yes. We've gone through the loss. We've gone through the healing. We've gone through accepting. We've gone through all the stages of grief. And this fell in your lap. And this fell in our lap. And so I was like, okay, she's not wanting any money. She's not. Yeah. It's interesting that she didn't want anything, even just for her own support. And so, and I truly grew to love this girl a lot and really care about her. And you were investing in her. I was, I was investing so much time. I was taking time away from my family. I would be on the phone with her for hours at night while she was, um, and this is a trigger word where she was like said that she would be suicidal. And I would, you know, say, I'm going to call somebody. I'm going to call someone in your family. And she'd be like, no, just stay on the phone with me. And you've read the messages. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I'm going to kill myself. I can't do this. And so the, the mind, <laughs> the mind war that it was bringing me is like, oh my gosh, I can't be responsible for I this. I have to save a baby and her mother. Yeah. yeah. And then she texted me. She's like, not only did you save my life, you saved this baby's life. And then she played on the Jesus card with me. And she was like, oh, I found Jesus because of you. So, I mean, it, this story is so insane. There's months of there, there is, There's there months is, of this. Yeah. yeah so what, hap- what was the like straw that broke the camel's back for you? Because you clearly are seeing red flags, even if you're not wanting to. So she went to the doctor. Yeah. And she, she went to the doctor. She got an update. She sent me an updated ultrasound picture. And 
Um, and this was the second ultrasound that I got. And we were in Florida. And she was like, oh my gosh, great news. I'm coming to Destin this week. Maybe we could get together. And so she's like, one of my friends has some kids. And she, okay, meanwhile, she's constantly sending me pictures of her friend's kids right. all the time, legitimizing how good she is with kids. And she's just not ready. And she doesn't want her own kids. And they were all her friends in the governor's club. <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. So she has wealthy friends. She's lying about being wealthy, which None of that is relevant, but I'm just saying that was part of her story. And she was like, yeah, one of my friends owns a house down there and I'm coming down with her to help out with her three girls. And so I was like, okay, great. And I told Jonathan, I was like, should I meet this other friend to kind of, and so we have a park in our neighborhood and I was like, I'll invite them and their three littles to come and play in our neighborhood park. Yeah. And so we were planning that. She FaceTimed me and she was like, do you want to see belly kicks? And so at this point, she just had her anatomy scan or we're getting ready to go to the anatomy scan. She had her ultrasound before that. I made her do another blood test to like make sure her HCG was still at a really good point. And at this point, you know, she's 19 weeks, so it's plateaued because you know how it rises, rises, rises mm -hmm. and then plateaus. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so her counts are good. All of her medical records, because she would... Everything she sent you was good. Yeah, and it's all from Vandy. And so I was a Vandy patient. And so I you know, I what know, it looks like. I know what the portal looks like. And so... So she would send you screenshots of all of her records. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, okay, everything's looking good. And it was a Sunday night. And it was February 21st. I'm pretty sure it was Sunday, February 21st. Let's see. No, it wasn't the 20th. It was Tuesday, the 21st. I was sitting at dinner and I just got off the phone with her and she was FaceTiming me, showing me baby kicks. And she was like, look, she's kicking. And I got off the phone and it was the first time in months that I looked at Jonathan. And I said, I think we're going to be bringing home a baby this summer. And that, that's the part that's going to make I me cry. I remember that. I remember because that. Me I was too. like. That was the first time that I had let myself be like, oh my gosh, this is, this is real. That's when you told me, you go, no, it's actually happening. Yeah. yeah. It's actually, and I, I remember I just, all I heard this you being say that. equally surprised yeah. that it was happening, but it was like, yeah. Cause I was like, okay, I just, and like, I just saw like, and I was like, oh, she just got the test. She's 18 weeks, five days. So it was almost like 19 weeks. I was like, oh my gosh. And then, so John and I were just, you know, when you're planning something exciting and you just kind of talk about the hopeful stuff that yeah. we had not talked about any, you any of that. You let yourselves go there mentally I was like, I was, cautious. And so I think talking about it this week is really special to me because Loxley's birthday is on Friday. Yeah. And we said we should tell everybody at Loxley's birthday. And so the, I think it's a little crazy because I'm crying. I think I'd cry about this. But I think it's a little crazy because I was like kind of expecting to have that news this week mm -hmm. and be like, okay, she's going to be in our third trimester. We will mm -hmm. announce it to friend, openly announce it. It'll be exciting. Yeah. You know, and that night I, I hadn't even been on social media when I was in Florida. I was just like chilling, kind of in like my own cocoon. And, healing, um, healing, healing, yeah, healing. Was, I was going so through a healing. lot and I randomly was scrolling through Facebook. And I came across a post. This was the day, the same day, really the same day, the same day. Yeah. And this girl that posted this, I'm in contact with. We've chatted several times. And so um, I can validate everything she's saying. Um, so and so, Jennifer, 
um, has a horse in her profile picture and she's having a baby in June. It's not real. Has anybody been contacted by someone wishing to adopt their baby? If so, please contact me. She has reached out to a few people already. She is a scammer and still in this group and I'd like to call her out, but I'll let the admins know first. So I just saw that post with her name and I could validate that that was like her profile picture. And, um, so immediately I texted her. The Facebook group that I saw this in, um, they have a no screenshot rule. And so I I was really big on not wanting her to know who outed her or anything. But I reached out to her and I said, hey, I just had someone inform me of this. Is this true? And she said, I don't know what group it is, but yes, I know what you're talking about. It's been years. I wanted to tell you about it, but I've tried so hard to move forward from it. I was probably in 2018. There's a lot more to the story and a lot of people have falsely spoke about what actually happened and I never fought my case because it wasn't worth it to me. Yes, I messed up and owned up my mistake. Someone recently messaged me about it who did who I didn't know, um, but I'm aware of people knowing. So she very she's vaguely- very good at answering questions she's in a very, way that left more questions but didn't answer anything. Yeah, yeah and she's very good. She, she never really answered with it. And so I, I responded to her and I said, so are you pregnant or is this a scam? What is going on? And she's like, no, it's not a scam. And I said, so, okay, have you lied about any of this? And she goes, no, no. She also didn't say she was pregnant in that answer. Yeah. She's very good. And she said, no, besides what I've already told you, which wasn't a lie more than just not going to appointments and needing to be more upfront about that. I've had a past with an adoption scan. It was not all my fault, but people turned it into it. And I've never got to say what actually happened. It's been brought up on several pages. So here, we were scammed in an adoption. That is like what that happened. Is the bottom line. That is what happened. And come to find out, she is very good at it. I have talked with her mother, her brother, her father. Um, come to find out that she was a nanny for a family in the affluent neighborhood. And she was sending me pictures of these children that she was watching. And it's not only on so many levels. And even what she messaged me there, I've now since found out that it's all a lie. Um, Not only was she scamming us in an emotional adoption scam, there were multiple families that she was also talking with at the same time, all the same stories, kind of roundabout way. Um, And she had been doing this for, it's been almost five years that we know of. And there's been hundreds of families. And I have come in contact with multiple multiple families. I have been in contact with someone that was very close in her life that was a part of the first adoption scam. Um, I don't want to say that relationship just yet. I've talked to the family that she nannied for and they've since let her go. Everything that we were told was a lie and she was very good at it. She was good at Photoshop too. She's great at Photoshop. There hasn't been money involved. This is, she is mentally ill. She is mentally ill. And so what's hard is and this is the part that I'm I'm trying not to beat myself up over is she would constantly ask, how's the baby doing this week? How's the baby doing this week? And I was educating her on all the different weeks of pregnancy and telling her different things and talking about lightning crotch and all the things. I am giving her verbiage to do it again and again. And I mean, she's asking me to be there in the delivery room and asking me for things. And so I sent her pictures of me naked in the delivery room to try and build that little trust. And so I don't feel bad for doing that because I feel like I was being a human. 
And if those pictures get out because she decides to release them, they get out. I mean, it look good. So <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I got blood all over me. <laughs> no. If this can happen to you, it can happen to anyone. I it can happen to you. anyone because I feel like I, and that's why I think it's important to talk about it because I truly, truly feel like I was smart about it. Yeah. I feel like I didn't get into a corner and, and handle this out of you desperation. Weren't really like, you weren't really reacting over feelings and emotions. You were trying to be very factual. Okay. What's wrong? You want to, you can. Oh, okay. oh, in a little bit. In a little bit. Sweet girl. Oh. Um, yeah. And so I think the first step and without saying her name, is, I wish I could. I know. I wish I could say her name because I want people to know her name. I want them to say it out loud. Yeah, but say, who knows if she's going to continue using the same or name? I, you, I guess it is her real name, right? So it's I talked to her parents. To tell the story. The sto- of what maybe she's help doing. other? I no. talked to her parents, and they're like, "We've tried to get her to stop, and we don't think she will." And every, I don't know why she does it? Because this is the part I don't it's understand. Like the syndrome I, where people, it's like Munchausen, yes. but not. So there is a there is another girl that does this, and um, her name is Gabby, and I can talk about that because she's been on Doctor Phil. She's mm. been everywhere. And she's an, there's very few, I mean, there's a lot, but there's very few emotional scammers that are this intelligent about getting away with it. And so I will say when Gabby's name got out there, it immediately in the adoption world, you knew those stories. And so it was red flags. And so what I will say is you are contacted. She's going after affluent families in Ohio, Tennessee. Michigan and apparently Texas. Um, maybe Florida. Maybe Florida now. And she said that she's best friends with Savannah LeBrant. I will say that because if you know her, please have her reach out because I have information for you. Yeah. And so I want families in this position to know that to watch out for these signs. And and I've been schooled by a couple of people like, oh, you should have done this. You won't have that with an agency. She passed everything, guys. Yeah, she yeah. did pass a lot of musters. And sure. so it's not. Well, she didn't ask for money. I think she a didn't red ask... flag for so many people. Well, that that's many... a legal thing. That's where it's like yeah. you can actually. How many people have I sent her? you screenshots that have asked that have reached out to me? And I'm like, hey, guys, this is an adoption scam. And it becomes this about is... money. And Every it's time. become about They're money. Like, she doesn't want anything. No, right. she honestly played on. I just want a family that will love my kid. How and sick do you have to be, though? So you're to praying pray on, on someone's you're emotional on, vulnerabilities, but the like most that. the the most vulnerable demographic of people. You're praying on moms who are longing for a baby yeah. who have probably already experienced a lot of loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, hey, let me come in. Like, well, it was heartbreaking to see you go through this, Kayla, because every time you've gotten pregnant, you've had to have so many questions, you know, and that's the immediate thing you and have to go through. On the- like shells, you, know? you have yeah. to go through. And as your mm-hmm. friend, I kept saying to you, I am cautiously hopeful. I am cautiously hopeful. Please don't get too invested. I, I felt like I was tough loving you. I feel like until that day we were doing yeah, you, were, you were. You were. You were being, and you would be like, what do you think of this? It's really confusing. And I'm like, be cautious, be cautious, be cautious. Yeah. And you were being cautious. But the thing is, you've had to have that question mark of will the baby be in my arms when the baby is growing in your own body? Yeah. And then- Someone does this to you, and I know that it happens, right? People get scammed. But yeah. to see it happen to you and you treating this woman 
with so much kindness and pouring yourself into her like you do because that's who you are. It's so, oh, it just, it, it just angers me. I, um, I wish I was mad at her and I'm not because I can't change that. I, I still love her, but my love has shifted and I just, I want her to get help. Yeah. And because a part of her sickness is I think she loved how much I nurtured her. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think she's seeking that constant attention. You're sad for her. I'm sad because, one, the part of me that has a relationship with Jesus, it's like, if you need that, dive into him. You will get that. He, He is sovereign and he is just and good. Especially the just part. I could use that for her. Um, but you know, how, you know how people say, too, it's like every bad thing in our world, everything yeah. stems from disconnection. Disconnection yeah. with humans, from kindness, so from her, family, from anything. And and she she truly, sorry, sweetie. You're okay. She truly was was in just desperate need of some kind of connection with someone. Well, and her, her story was she was adopted herself, which was true. And that she had a narcissistic and abusive mother. Um, Biological mother or adopted mother? Adopted mother. And um, and I I spoke with her parents and I've spoke with many people. And there might have been some truth with that because I I can't speak on that. But I do know that her parents are very lovely people. And they're very gracious and heartbroken that this was going on. Oh, and she wanting, said that they were abusive and yeah, narcissistic. Yeah, and then she said her mom committed suicide, which she did not. Oh, I thought you were saying her mother was narcissistic and abusive. You're no, saying she, she said. she said that. And so I don't know. And this is where I would love to talk to a psychologist about this because I don't know if maybe part of her adoption trauma is feeling rejected from her own biological mom and so she has because she kept saying this is a redemption story this is a redemption story I feel like I didn't have a great adoption but I can offer that to my daughter this is a redemption story breaking the cycle what uh, what another thing to pray on though that's such that's something that everyone so like I would have these conversations with her and I'd be like you know I believe in generational curses and I believe in breaking generational toxic patterns is mm-hmm. like possible. Yeah. And I was like, I'm I'm so glad, you know, Jesus is using us to be a part of that redemption for you. And so I think her knowing that I was a safe place that she could give me all of her crazy nonsense. And I would just be like, I'm going to love you anyways and help you get through this. Because there was crazy stuff she would throw at me. And so now, instead of being mad at her, I'm just like, how much do you hate yourself that you have to stoop to this low, low level to get someone else to fill your cup? And that's where, like, I am not trained or anything to say this or diagnose her, but that's where, like, the sociopath thing comes into my mind that, like, do you even feel that at all? Is there, any, is there any feelings at all? Because I truly, one, I know she's not going to stop. I know she hasn't stopped and I know that it's just going to keep going on and on. And so at what point, what will make her stop? And what scares me in this is she's watching young children and she's trying to still stay relevant in the nanny world is when she's done with this, when this has given her all the high that she's going to get, what is going to be her next step? 
Because I wouldn't want harming this someone's child, harming someone's child, stealing a child, being the one that saved that's, the child. And that's I don't been know hurt. this, so I can't say. Like, I know, but there's but, like, so it's, much. It's really scary. That's it why I, I want to say her name so bad, so people mm. can be aware of it, and you know, maybe one day it will come out like that. But what is going to happen next for her? What's going to be her next high? And that's what scares me so bad. Mm. And also, what scares me is I have gone through enough trauma that I've went through the grieving process to know where to find support, to yeah. know how to stay stable in my marriage, to know how to financially be smart about this whole thing. Praying on the wrong family could really ruin their lives. Really, it's I cruel. Mean, it's, it's cruel on it's so many cruel. levels. And as much as I want to say to you, like you, you handled this thing with it's so beautifully. And Someone could only hope they would have someone like you to scam. No, no, no. I no, mean, I, I mean, the birth mother who does yeah. who you deserve and deserves you mm -hmm. because you are who you are and you are a beautiful person, a beautiful human, yeah. a beautiful mother. I just want to say that it was exemplary the way that you treated someone who, in this situation, you are desperate for a child. I and am. you still, you still prioritized. Her needs, her emotions, her safety, the safety of her child, her comfort in this relationship, even when you were talking about things you weren't uncomfortable with. I just yeah. want to say that is a big deal. And, yep. and honestly, I'm so proud of you. Oh. I hate the cruelty that came with this, but I'm proud of you. <laughs> and I do hope that talking about this does... I do think it's opened you guys up to really sharing that you well, are on this the adoption only journey. Lining. And that's yeah. the silver lining mm -hmm. I hope for. Well... Thank you. Because <laughs> it's hard and I feel like I'm so used to just being like, well, I guess like just having a baby is hard for our family, no matter what avenue we go down. But I do know that my heart will never change, that it's not about me. It's not about how hard the journey is for me. And it all stems down to how can I be the best home, the safest home, the healthiest home for a baby to enter that? And even if that means being supportive to a surrogate, being supportive to a birth mom, being supportive to whoever else, it's whatever that story is, I just know that it's not about me. It's, it's what I want. And selfishly, it would have been nice if I was a little more selfish in this situation, but that's not where my heart is. And so no matter how we get there, it just feel like me keeping in the forefront. It's not about you. It's about the baby. That is just what I think gets me going. Because if I make it about me, I'm going to sit and feel sorry for myself all day. Yeah. And then I'm not going to be the best version of me for my husband or for yeah. Loxley or, or for my girlfriends. <laughs> well, maybe somebody watching or listening to this episode listens to it and thinks, gosh, I would love my baby to grow up in your house. How are you doing now? I mean, I think you did, you put that armor on, you know? Yeah. All, you just got even glowier. It's like you put on one of those sprays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so I will say that with Loxley's birthday week coming up, and I don't want to take away from her birthday week, but it hit me because I marked yeah. it earlier on my calendar. You set expectations. Yeah, and I ordered some things from Amazon, and I wish I wouldn't have. just. Yeah. And that was the first time I just kind of like, oh, I'll just do that. Yeah. But I co-hosted a baby shower last weekend, and I broke down at work when I was buying some things for this baby shower. And I'm like, 
how many friends of mine have had babies over the years? And I've been fine. Like, I truly have been fine with. And for some reason, it just stung a little differently. And I think because we've always had a plan. Like last summer, we did Clomid and we tried to get pregnant. And then we just took a little break this fall. I plan on getting my ankle done. Um, got that done. Then we're like, oh, we're adopting. And then we had to go through the grieving process. And I think now I'm struggling a bit because we're back at square one. What's next? Yeah, we're yeah. back at, okay, we're back in the same boat. And how I work is I'm a doer. I, if there's a problem, mm-hmm. I'm going to solve it. I didn't have childcare. I created my own. I don't sit back and just wait and no, see. No, you take action. I take That's action. Mean, and yeah. so it's really hard when you're taking action and you're doing things and you're not seeing the results. And yeah. so for me, I'm okay, but I'm just in this weird unknown world. But I do know, and I can say with 100% certainty that we would love to adopt. And I know, however that looks, I know that that is conversations that we've had the ugliest conversations about that. So, you know, we are taking action in that world. But if also, I think we're just going to put the word out there yeah. that um, our home is open and ready for a baby. Yep. Um, Loxley literally prays for a baby sister every single night. Or twin and, baby sisters. Or tw- we would love twins. Just that twins. would be amazing. Twins in general. Yeah. That would be amazing. Um, I think our hearts are really set on adopting a little girl. Yeah. Um, that just seems to be a good fit for um I don't know, our family, we're definitely a girl family. We love it. We love boys too. We love all of them. (laughs) But um, I think that's the silver lining to take away from this is that um, even though we were part of a really cruel mind game, scam, well, I don't even know. Yeah, that's what it is. is. Um, Emotional abuse, really. Emotional abuse. uh, Yeah, it's definitely forced us to have those hard conversations. Well, because you thought it fell in your lap, you actually had the conversations mm-hmm. you had been dancing around for years, I oh, think. Yeah. You know, between yeah. you and John, those conversations yeah. that I think you have a lot of clarity on now. Yeah. Which those are those little silver linings. Mm-hmm. And like Jen said, maybe someone listening, maybe this is the beginning of the journey. Yeah. Um, I I feel like I'm definitely probably going to pursue avenues to get the story out there more. And so um, especially talking yeah. to all I now have a community of parents that I've been talking to um, that have been scammed by her. And the amount of hurt that she's caused has to have some type of ramifications, right? Yeah. And so that is where I am right now. It's like, how can I protect these mothers that are wanting a baby? How can I, how can I just put this information out there and protect them. And just I feel know, like- Just to know that this is a thing. Yes, and also thing. you can work to have laws passed yeah. to prohibit people from this kind of emotional abuse because I think in a lot of states, and I don't <sighs> know about Tennessee and you might know more, unless money changes hands, there's no real crime. There's no real crime. And mm-hmm. that's what's horrible. Well, we spoke with, or I didn't speak with, but someone in this community that I'm talking to spoke with the guy who um, allegedly- was the birth father and we have text receipts like that everything she said was a lie there was nothing true and yeah. so if anyone was going to press charges he, he, he could, could for slandering but oh yeah so adoption scams are real they're out there and, and um, they're heartbreaking and they're heartbreaking yeah. they, i i almost wish she wanted money 
right? That I could understand I more. Right. Agree with the, that. The that I didn't want to say that, but I, I actually, I, there's part of me that's like, I gosh, could, I think that's otherwise. why it took me a minute to get some clarity on this yeah. because I'm like, I don't understand why? how someone can just be sick and cruel. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand how someone could just want to actively go and cause hurt and harm and pain. Um, but there are terrible people that do that. And honestly, as messed up as it is, I, I still love her and pray for her. And I truly hope that she gets the help that she needs. Yeah. And now I want. I know that's not easy to talk about, yeah. but we love Thanks you. Thanks for doing it. Yeah. We're going to find you a baby. Thanks for giving yeah. Find me a baby. <laughs> Can we find me a baby? Yeah. We will. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. <sighs> Deep breath. I said it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You feel good? Yeah. Bye. The Hi, My Name is Mom Studio is brought to you by The Yard Sale Store. They have three locations in Middle Tennessee, and you'll always find really cool stuff you didn't even know you needed at 30 to 90% off retail. Check them out at YardSaleStore.com and on socials at YardSaleUSA. Your name is Mom.